0: night 590 the fan band and is sprint gunning gotten through a bit of a throat thing right now i'll be off tomorrow but honestly like i do feel like it's getting a lot better yeah how nervous were you oh god i just did it that I, nervous I I however say,
1: nervous you were when that just happened yeah, that's how nervous i was I at the start of the show nervous, okay. but yeah at
0: the start of the show and i was like oh sounds good to that crack
1: crack yeah. you're yeah. simpsons guy i'm
0: actually astonished we've not worked in drop from uh the yeah well oh, sir yeah pimply faced teenager yes uh who i don't think has a name no, that's on fine. the show i think he's just pimply faced teenager it feels feels uh on board for him so congratulations to you on tomorrow's show that I won't be on. You'll be talking about a Toronto Maple oh. Leafs game that's about to take place. Oh, great. Yeah, awesome. It's all it, we, it won't have it's taken place. Been, that's all we've been doing since mm. apparently we started this show, is talking about Leafs games that will one day mm. happen. Next week we'll be back to our regularly scheduled talking about Toronto Maple Leafs games being played. And guess what? They're going to play a lot of them. In a short period of time because, yeah, just mathematics, they they do play 82 games and only playing like two in a two week span means they got to play a lot. I actually remember you asking me like, oh, do you think that'll affect them? And yeah,
1: it will, because they got to jam it all in there together. Four games in a week here. Uh, That's not a typical schedule for an NHL team. They do two. They Mm. do three, four. Far from the norm. Uh, The other interesting thing about it is that, you know, I'm sure this stat will be bandied about ad nauseum because, again, we have a 1,000 days to talk about this upcoming Leaf game, is Guy Boucher. He's the Leafs' assistant coach. He was the Sens coach when they undertook this Stockholm trip and they lost 12 of 13 when they came back (laughs) don't do that I don't think it will go that bad but it's very interesting to see how that kind of colors the way the Leafs are handling this because I do think you have to walk a a somewhat fine line if you're not so much the the medical staff or the sleep doctors they just do what they're supposed to do but if you're Sheldon Keefe On one hand, and he talked about this yesterday, the idea of showing deference to the trip, understanding that it did affect the players. But you also don't want to get in their head to the point where it's like, oh, I can't believe you guys can even skate today. It's amazing. You really do have to walk a fine line. And he even mentioned as much that not yesterday, but the day before was supposed to be an off day. Mm -hmm. Some players came in. They just had to. They were like, I got feels like Mark Giordano. All day. Hardo, yeah. yeah. John Tavares, too. Let's be honest. Oh, buddy. Yeah. yeah. John Tavares skates every day. I assume actually, he
0: has a pad at his house. Well, and you
1: know who else, like, I can't confirm if he was there on Tuesday, but has typically been an extra work guy is Willie Nylander. Like, mm-hmm. he's typically
0: someone who's I like, know, I gotta you know, get to the like, work. You yeah, God. People's perception it of, the, is amazing. of the player is, is it, part of it is probably true. Like, yeah, I'm sure he's, he How, enjoys a good time out, right? Yeah. I like, can, he probably pretty successful with the ladies he's a is groovy, my guess. He's a groovy young man. But yeah, like everybody you, you hear from about it's the like guy's work hockey ethic sicko. and even on the ice, his his work ethic, like what he wants to do is be the best and win hockey games. Okay,
1: here's a crazy thing that I don't actually think is true, but I do wonder if there's a touch of it. How different would his public perception be if he just had brown hair? If he just looked like Matthew Nyes instead of Will, like Willie I'll Neiman take or. you a step further.
0: Like what if he was <laughs> just like, from, yeah.
1: Like actually from Calgary.
0: What? Well, I mean, okay, that's part of it, probably. But I like what if he's just not as attractive? Like, yeah, what if he was just like in a horrible fire? He had yeah. like a scarred face. Well, I don't want that. <laughs> but, like, what if? What if he just didn't look like? The Adonis that he yeah. looks like. I there think would that's be a lot a of, it. of
1: it. There would be a bit of it. There would be definitely a little bit of it. Some of the the reputation came earnestly early mm. in his career. Yada, yada. We don't need to relitigate all that yeah, but that. yeah,
0: part of that was true. But there is
1: definitely something to like, mm. Mm. he's so cute mm. and blonde. And mm. now mm. that he's not cute anymore, he, to your point, is an Adonis, a Greek god. Like, he yep. it, it kind of flipped that switch overnight.
0: Um. John Klingberg. Yeah, we got yeah. Apparently not gonna play in either of these games over the weekend. Safe to say, according okay. to Shelton. I Keefe. think that's pretty okay, so if he doesn't play in Chicago or Pittsburgh, the next possible game could play be next Tuesday at home against the Panthers. The game that we're going to once again attend. So what's our record? We're one and one? One and one. Um
1: I just if we're if you're taking requests, mm-hmm. maybe sit. Not you. The okay. Leafs to John Klingberg. I'd oh, like okay. to not watch him. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's true. If if both, of games, both of those games, both those games we did see John Klingberg. I think we saw Ryan Reeves in both games yeah, too. We did. I know we did because uh it was like the blinking light that we could not look away from yeah. when he was out there. Yeah, like, and yeah, that's like, th- I mean, God,
1: we do need like the all uh all twenty two version. We used to get this with the like superstar cam uh very early on in mm-hmm. the in the NHL. Like I remember there'd be like, Oh, Crosby Cam tonight, mm-hmm. ref cam and all mm-hmm. that. But yeah, Revo Cam. I mean that is
0: Hey, hockey's a great sport to um, ingest whatever manner Mm -hmm. you can, and especially if it's on Sportsnet. What a great way to ingest hockey. But, yeah, attending a hockey game and being able to look at whatever you want, Mm -hmm. it's a different experience. Anyway, so if he plays on Tuesday, that's November 28th. Last game he played was November 11th against the Vancouver Canucks. Of course – Remember, that was yeah. 24 hours after a game against the Calgary Flames where he was deemed too injured to play in. Yeah, a remarkable recovery he made. Yeah. Must not have flown
1: the night before.
0: So uh, you can almost write off the Vancouver game because he played limited minutes in that one, and he was injured the game before. So, like, let's go back to November 8th was the previous game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that Ottawa game that we did attend. We're talking about, like, almost a month's worth of time for, for John Klingberg. So, I mean, to add more fuel to the fire here mm-hmm. about his potential return or lack thereof, like, how much time does this guy need, truly? Like, and I know it's devastating that he was on two really long flights, which, like, <laughs> God... It's amazing he's able to walk around after flying to and from Sweden. Would have been a
1: great bit if they brought him back. It's like he's actually taking a cruise. He'll be back <laughs> in three weeks. <laughs> yeah. I don't the slow boat. From I don't Sweden. know that they do cruises from like
0: England <laughs> to PEI. I don't well, know that that's a thing. They, yeah, the Queen yeah. Elizabeth too. Yeah,
1: he used to. They used to do a I lot think of
0: things. They still do that. All right. Um, it's guy, like you guy, can take guy, a train trip. Like you can you can go anywhere on a train. I've... I,
1: Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, we're going
0: to talk about this for
1: two seconds. The amount of times in my life I've seen those beautiful pictures of the trains in the Rocky Mountains and went, yeah. oh, boy, that'd be nice. Mm-hmm. And then thought about all it would take to get me to that exact point and said, that's never happening.
0: Yeah, that's like me with skydiving. Like, I if I was just, like, I woke up in an airplane with, like, a parachute and on like, my back. You got to go right now. And I'd be like, okay, I could probably figure that one. Out. It's like the lead up to getting to yeah. that point. It's just never going to happen. I'm, I mean, it's I'm never going to do it's it. It's more accessible than you think, by wife did and it was actually out by i us. i understand it's like it's not excessi- far from where we live friend though. it's not that part it's like the like getting yourself psyched up oh, okay. like like oh it's happening in two weeks and also like paying money to like have that anxiety for I'm, two weeks
1: i am going to tell your wife that for a birthday present one one year someone should plan that all for you kidnap you and you big, should go skydiving
0: i got a big one coming up in february mm. big 4-0 all right, if you're listening. Anyways, that She's was not. that was that was a divergence from what I was going to talk about. Um, but yeah, just put a ball on the Klingberg thing. Like, yeah, I I don't know. In, unless it's something like really, like really really bad. Mm-hmm. If it's like a nagging thing, yep. that's you know, hey, maybe you can play through. Which it it does appear to be because he played again 24 hours after. I assume the same injury kept him out of one hockey game. How much time do you need here? Like, is this a real injury? Is it not? I mean, the time that he's missed would lead you to believe that there's no belief that just rest is going to to cure it. Because he had a ton of rest.
1: Yeah, and they're being pretty cagey about it. I mean, Keith was asked several times directly yesterday. One of the times he said, we'll have something on that. When we have something on that, (laughs) which again, like if you're going to do reading between the lines, it's like, oh, does that seem like an announcement is imminent? Because again, like, you know, Sheldon Keefe isn't sitting there going over the cap on a daily basis with Pridham and tree. But if they're going to LTIR John Klingberg, he's very much in the loop on that conversation. Uh, The other thing that we should mention in conversation about all this just with Klingberg is Benoit McMahon. Back. Yeah, uh, Timmons. Paper transaction. Yeah, the one paper that we ten- don't understand. No, I think I think I do. I think it was okay. about moving Go them, ahead. moving them to the AHL because it is a daily accrued cap hit for every day a player is on your roster. So why don't they send them down every off day? Uh, my understanding is that there is a number of limits of transactions you could do in uh-huh. terms of a player before there is a change in status. So that is why they would not be sending McMahon up this
0: and down to the AHL. Express. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Sounded you. like a guy that like have a, has a cursory knowledge of the CBA. Wild that it's the thing I think about all the time. <laughs> Heaven forbid I just
1: think about hockey, but no, it's Gary's world, and we're we're just living in it with the cap. So the thing about the the Leafs team where they stand is that Timmins seems they wouldn't confirm he's in. He skated on a regular pair yesterday. They talked about it being a hard practice. Feels like they'll make a call today, possibly a game day tomorrow, but seems like Timmins is back in the fold. You've got good, you got good enough yeah. out of Benoit. Skated have, on a normal pairing yeah, yesterday. Yeah. You have other options is the, is the other part of this as well, is that say what you will about Klingberg until Benoit came in and gave you anything. You just didn't have another kind of warm body poking around up here. So I think that, I think that this is a team and player trying to find a kind of safe landing for this. And the other part of this as well is that, I don't know, I guess maybe we just don't care about this in the, the NHL anymore, but you know, like other people outside of the league or outside of Toronto are aware of what's happening. Is everyone just going to be okay with him having this nebulous injury that to your point, he was able to play. Oh, now I'm hurt. uh, I can't play again. What exactly is going on well, they're here? Are they going to send the detectives, the, the Joffrey Lupul detectives? Are well, gonna... and that's why I do wonder if it's not going to be a, uh, he's going on LTIR, but he's having a procedure or something
0: along yeah. those lines. Matt too. Murray had surgery. That's exactly okay? As much as he wanted to play ball and wanted his money. Yeah. I don't know. You don't just like volunteer to go no. under the knife. No. Unless you, you lied it. about the surgery. I don't think they did that. No. Uh,
1: although I will say that when they dragged him out there for uh, opening night, they did tell him to look as as disheveled as Pod. They're like, could you look sicker? Yeah. Look more hurt. <laughs> so I, I do think that when inevitably, because I do think it's a when, not even so much as an if, but when Klingberg goes on LTIR, because it's just reading the tea leaves, it really feels like that's what's going to happen here. I do wonder if it will be with a concrete, he's having X done, it removes him from the equation. Because, again, if this is just dangling over the Leafs' heads and he's going to come back in February, it's like that's the worst thing that could possibly happen yes. to this team right now. So Correct. yeah.
0: Um, so Justin Bourne does a great job on sportsnet.ca. He does a great job on your favorite show, Real mm-hmm. Kipper and Bourne. Um, his producer
1: did him dirty. I think it was yesterday or two days ago. Though they said they had uh, Henrik Lundqvist on, and they had him via Zoom. That's not nice to those guys.
0: Yeah, boy. When you're the best looking guy on a show, and yeah. then you get yeah usurped by Hank. Oh, yeah, that's a rough one. Anyways, on his latest on Sportsnet.ca, mm-hmm. he delved into a statistic that I didn't know we had. Like the, and we don't. He has. Yeah, yeah, he does. Because he has the sports logic mm-hmm. info. There's this thing called, what is it? Gap distance. Yep. So it's the distance between a defenseman and an on-rushing forward as they enter the zone. And he filtered out guys that have small samples. So um, there's 185 defensemen that have played at least 150 minutes this season. Okay. Leafs have four defensemen ranked 149th or worst in this statistic, as in the distance between them and the on-rushing forward is the largest. Mm -hmm. The largest of all is the 40-year-old Mark Giordano, who's 182 of 185, 14.4 feet, which is over a foot worse than he was a season ago, Mm -hmm. which, man, like, that is jarring, and, like, you need context, right? Like, you need to understand, like, does that actually impact the chances against? Mm-hmm. And he goes on throughout the, the course of the story to talk about, hey, you know what? They are allowing entries, but once they get in the zone, they're doing a pretty good job of keeping the chances to the outside. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's not directly correlated to allowing goals, but it's also not good. Mm-hmm. It's like... You don't want to give 10 feet to the, the guy who's coming through the neutral zone trying to get over your blue line. It's all you... Just, just like, think about it. hockey you've played in your
1: life. It's all you ever hear about if you're a D-man. It's yeah. like, can you gap up? Close right. that gap. Have a good gap. Like it's 31st, what you talk about all the
0: time. The Leafs are 31st of 32 teams with an average of 12.8 feet, which seems far. Anyways, so that's just, like, a little bit of context for you. Sure. What I really wanted to do with this was, mm-hmm. like, think about some of the statistics that you would like to have. Some of the things that... Feel unquantifiable that you would like quantified. I came up with a couple that sure. I like yeah, that, that seemed like really necessary. I don't give know. me both of yours because you're going to hate mine. So give me both of yours. I have more than two. Oh, okay. But okay. I'll I'll, I'll give you the one that I gave you over text yesterday. Yeah. Um we're all trying to figure out goaltending, right? Like, uh, n- us non-goalies. I actually, I
1: actually have given up. I've just decided Even, I'm going to watch the first shot a guy faces yeah. in a game, and that's my metric.
0: Even the goalies, you know, they try and sound smart with, like, uh, <laughs> I've have done this to all of them. Say, what are you looking for? And yeah. then he you I just know. you know. You're You're looking looking good. Good. Look okay, big. so we need more numbers. How about just how much a goalie moves? And this one feels like with all the player tracking that we have and we have the distance guys skate, like, and, you know, it's a more subtle number because it's not like you're skating around the ice if you're a goalie. But like how much movement you have and maybe there can be like a ratio to the number of shots faced because obviously if you're facing more shots, you're going to do some more moving. But I wonder how that correlates to quality of goaltending. Like, I would think – and maybe this is wrong because, yeah, you do want to move if you're a goalie. But I would think the less you move – because, again, I test. Mm-hmm. We like our goalies to – feel like they're just in good position and For don't sure. have to flail around and make saves. I would think that would correlate to good goaltending if we had a player movement stat about goalies.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I I I I found it, I'll be honest, hard to I don't I don't know what way to say this without it sounding dismissive of what I do think is a good topic, but I found it hard to play along with your game because oh, you're rude. because the things I find interesting are, like, the baseball stat cast stuff. Like, yeah. I want to know the longest pass made in the NHL this year. I think you can actually yeah, find it. Yeah, I'm sure I could, but this is my point, is I don't actually want to know. Because if I did, <laughs> I would look it up. I don't like... That you pe- want, you don't want to know things. I don't. No, it's not that I don't want to know things. Ignorance I, is bliss for it's you. It's not an ignorance is bliss thing. Yes, I is. am so sick and tired of not being able to have a conversation about anything oh, without worst. pulling up a spreadsheet and going, "Oh, look at this guy's gap per x two. It was so good. Oh, he's a great defense. I just want to talk about a guy, much like I talked about with the Eagles. Just want to talk about a football team putting their hand in the dirt, playing a man's game the way you're supposed to. And do I do I like having more? Context for information. Yeah, I do. The problem is, is that the second we get more information, and now I am going to attack you a little bit. You baseball nerds come in and are like, "Now we have to talk about everything like it's baseball," and I don't want to no, do that. We don't. I want you're to...
0: making a straw man argument. I'm not though. You're talk. I want to have a conversation
1: about goaltending where I talk about exactly the things yeah. you mentioned. It's and like Did he fine, look like but he was that can a... still be part of it. But more it, information but it is not the, bad. No, because we used to have real conversations in baseball, and now we don't. We just pull up a chart. Yeah, we talk about a guy's number. And we and should, the, every, but I
0: think we're actually like there is a pushback. I mean, and you can see it with the, sport, the new manager hires, like there is a bit of a pushback in baseball right now.
1: Unless you're not going to Cooperstown as a manager, and then it's like, ah, get me the dirt in here. But also, just press the button. It's such like, a singular sport that you—it's way easier to quantify. The problem is, is that because we have that, everyone who is numbers quantifiably inclined, however you want to like describe that, they want it to become baseball. I do think that Can't most be. people want I. For sure it can't be, and that's why it's just not the way I look at the sport. Like, again, like you said, there there are things I'm curious about yeah. that I just don't care to know because I'd rather just oh.
0: have a discussion about the But you're the game. afraid of a thing, like, okay, anyone that is, and there are people that do it, so it's you're right, it's not a straw man argument. There are people, and... I follow many of them on yeah. Twitter, and I, again, like, I think all information is good, but if I you like, use it as the be-all, end-all, it's your black and white, here's a player that's good because of X, here's, and here's a player that's yeah. bad because of X, you're an idiot. Yes. Like, you literally do not understand the sport. Here, but, you know, you can also look at, like, John Klingberg defensively, and there's a lot of statistics that would tell you he's been horrible in his own zone the last couple of years. Yeah, that adds to the eye test. Like, those are those are valuable items those are that's valuable information and i think the smartest people are able to synthesize the two you can do that as well in baseball i will say that it's easier to rely on the numbers more um because again it's like individual not just like at bats but like pitches yeah. like you can yeah. there's so much of it is just actually Quantifiable, and we can we have years and years of these statistics too that would lead us to believe that they are. You can extrapolate them yes. to, to actually predict what's what's going to happen with a player or with the team or the uh, yeah bunch of different players, whether it's pitchers or hitters. It it can't exist in this sport. To me, sorry, I was just going to put a cap on it. Yeah, yeah. It can't exist in this sport. I think smart people uh-huh. are like me, and yeah. of course I'm going to think that. Of course, um, that they can take a statistic like. Born is giving us, yeah, or like I want to have and use it with the eye test. Use it as as context, and maybe it matches what you're seeing, or maybe it disagrees with what you're seeing. It just gives you like more information. Can't be bad.
1: That I agree with. The problem is, is that, and I think Born is a perfect example of this. Is that he will give you an article like that where it lays it all out in great detail. But when I'm listening to my favorite show on the station, Real Kip Born, he might mention it in passing, but he's not going to do a big deep dive on it. And I worry, and this is, again, like this Born's not going to do this, but the more, once people want things quantified, mm. it's the art versus science debate. And generally speaking, once you enter in with more science, people don't go, Okay, that's
0: that's enough science. Let's just keep the,
1: this amount of art. No, it is. I hate this term, but it's like it is a slippery slope to pure science all the time, no art involved in it, and
0: for that, idiots. Honestly, if that's what you're doing, like you don't get it. And I I agree I, that but there the are problem people is, that, do is that, that
1: the idiots are so loud and they never shut up. Is and the they problem? They think they're smart.
0: Yeah, they do. They think they're so smart, and that's mm. the problem. Man, getting back to the way we started the show about, like, the feuding and starting a feud yeah. at the show. That is punching up if we punch up. If we feud with Real Kipper and Bourne, I know it would hurt no, you. No, no, I can't do that. No, I, I come mean. on. No, for the, for the but, good like, of the show, we should feud with Real Kipper and Bourne. I think this is such a bad idea, i got to be honest with you. I think it's, Why? T- it's terrible. Because okay. Nick oh, Kiprios okay. can punch we'll you in be, the face? Well, yeah,
1: I mean, yeah, like, we'll f- how about this? We'll feud with Blair and Barker. Yeah, but they're not on right now. Well, they will be. Yeah, we'll feud with we'll feud with uh, oh, Blair and Barker in baseball season. No, you're I got no problem. I will. I, I am claiming I, it now.
0: Fe- we have a feud with no, Blair and Barker. No, I'm gonna feud oh. with Kipper and Born. You go for it. You have at it, and you're, you're gonna cut me out of the knees. That's anyways. Okay. Uh, I, I thought you would come to the table with some of your own statistics. You no, brought no. a very interesting no, conversation I actually do. to the I table. Did, I,
1: did, I did give you the things I want. It's just like they're very stat-casty. Like for me, yeah. it is not like the now things that this? I am interested in are literally Rube stats. Like I yeah. want, I just want, like they're like, hey, Hronik hit 105 yeah. mile
0: per hour one-timer. Yeah. Yes, give it to me. No, Need no, it. no, I know. I, I would say that, yeah, there's still a big black box when it comes to defense And goaltending, but defense as well in the National Hockey Mm -hmm. League. Oh, my favorite term when talking about hockey, and it's one I tell my wife, hey, listen, you wanna, just like me, when I go to the racetrack, I wanna sound like I know something. I talk about a horse's fetlock. If you want, if you go to a a hockey game, you wanna sound smart. You say, like, oh, good stick. Like, that guy's got a good stick. What a good stick. You make fun of me for saying that at Leaf games all the time. I love it. I say it too. But yeah, can't, like, can we quantify? Good sticks. Like, how many times does your stick make contact with the puck when you're in the defensive? Like, how many deflections do you have? We have this in the NBA. I think those are stats. Where? Uh Who leads? What are you talking about? You think that's a stat. I feel like I've seen. I feel like I've seen takeaways. takeaways. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. Not talking about. And and also. this
1: This is. This. That. Right there proves exactly where we stand on the issue. I'm like, yeah, we have takeaways. That's no, close enough. That's no. good enough. And
0: also it's like some, yeah, 80-year-old guy. Like, I mean, yeah, like, Clutter- that looks yeah. like a takeaway. Cal
1: Clutterbuck did not have 90 hits a night for yeah. the Islanders with Martin and Sezikis, okay? Yeah, you know yeah. what?
0: Hit us up on the text line 59590 or on Twitter um, with the stat you'd like to see. All right. Time now for something to chew on brought to you by Great Canadian Meats. Finally, we get to talk about Greg Popovich. The Last greatest story night. of all time, according to you. It's not the greatest story. It's one of the most infuriating stories of all time. So the Los Angeles Clippers in San Antonio to play the Spurs, notable former finals MVP for the San Antonio Spurs, Kawhi Leonard in town. I've heard. He was at the line to start the second half. And uh naturally the Spurs fans were booing him uh when head coach Greg Popovich took to the microphone, in amazing! The middle I did of not know you're allowed. open play in a game. Here, uh, yeah, let's. You, here's here's what Pop had to say to the assembled masses in San Antonio. Leonard coming on average at twenty-one. Had that Monday, eighty percent from line in the season. And Kawhi with eight points tonight, three of five from the floor. And it is only three. Excuse me for a second. Pop's on Can the mic. Can we stop all the booing and let these guys play? it got old glass. It's not who we are. Knock off the booing. <laughs> i telling the fans to right. lay off Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, okay. But that's not San Antonio. So, Greg Popovich, all time, right? Like, he's headed into the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. They may even waive the waiting period for yeah. Greg Popovich. Our generation's Red Arbuck Sure. Shut up. <laughs> Like, shut up, <laughs> just never talk. Just don't talk, just shut up. I, 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 I can barely speak. I was gonna say, careful. Oh man, I wanna swear so much. Um, I This is the thing that irks me the most, is one, the scolding of, of sports fans in general, but two, in this scenario, And I don't know if this is true, but here's the way Kawhi is treated in this city, right? I think Mm. it's the perfect way to do... It's not a dissimilar situation to what happened in San Antonio, except it was more explicit in San Antonio. He said, give me the hell out of here. But Kawhi was an... He brought the city a championship Mm -hmm. when he's introduced before the game, gets an ovation. Yeah. And then the game starts, and you boo your guts out. Because one, you want your team to win the game, and two... He didn't come back here, right? Like, he had a chance. He had a ready-made championship contender, and maybe the Raptors go back-to-back if he came back. He didn't, so you boo. But you also acknowledge that, man, this guy brought us a championship. That is awesome. You don't think the Spurs fans know that Kawhi Leonard's an all-time great? Not only was it, like, over the course of the game, like, we hand... Those, like, the, the noisemaker things yeah. in the second half of games. under sticks, I think. The people behind the net of the, mm-hmm. the opposing team. To be who to just distract yeah. them from shooting free throws. The idea that Greg Popovich thinks that that's beyond the pale to boo a guy who did explicitly say, get me the hell out of San Antonio. And the big return was a guy that eventually, yeah, netted you a first-round pick. And Jakob Pertl... And DeMar DeRozan, but yeah, you've been, and now you have the next greatest thing in Victor Webanyama, but you've been an irrelevant franchise since Kawhi Leonard decided, I ain't playing here anymore. That That's you, you're too far afield to boo Kawhi freaking Leonard. Are you insane?
1: Yeah, I mean, I first I think Spurs and Raptors is totally totally different. Like, yeah, yeah, it's a he, won you a, team. he won you a title, but he also was explicitly like, I understand he didn't re up here, but he wasn't. He didn't want to be here in the first place, right? Exactly. So it was always understood he was a mercenary. He came in for one year. I personally, me, not as a Spurs fan because I'm not one, but as a Raptors fan, I would never boo Kawhi. I got no issue with the people who do during the game. But to your point, he should get that ovation. The part I. Can't wrap my head around, or I guess I can, but it makes me roll my eyes clear out of my head not even into the back of it. But they're just gone. I'm now blind. Is what is this a a malt shop in the 1940s? This isn't who we are, gang. We don't boo. This is professional sports. Come on, we just cheer for the home team. No booing against the road, like what in the happy days is going on here. <laughs> it's like, he's going to hand out orange slices God. to, to the Clippers at halftime? Like it, it, that's the part that I just makes me roll my eyes com- again, completely out of my head of that's boy. That's not who oh, we man. are in San Antonio. Yeah, you're right. It's just a, it's just a bunch of
0: drunk fans at a also, professional sporting event. Surely there's not one lunatic in there. Like, come on. Also, why can you do this? Like, why was Greg Popovich not slapped with a technical foul? Like, why was he not ejected from the game? Is it in it's the course? Mark. Like, okay, so here's what I want: when the Raptors return home, I want Darko Rajakovic during the middle of someone's actual free throw to be like, <laughs> like <Yeah>. his, <laughs> to, to like into the microphone well, to
1: all, like make a noise. Honestly, all I could think of seeing this was how jealous LeBron must have been. He's like, "We can do this! Give me the mic in the middle of a game. It's I'm gonna start making proclamations!" Like, unbelievable, man. Uh, do you know how many people in the NBA would love to just get the
0: mic in the <sighs> middle of a game? Oh. I can't believe it. I loved it. How long is the, the pop post game? Because <laughs> that, that, honestly, it makes me even more. Okay, just play it because I, 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 I know Jason Buchel is coming up after the break, but I, I, I need a little more time on this pop thing. Here's Pop after the game when asked about his taking to the microphone. Anybody that knows anything about sports, you don't poke the bear.
1: She's,
0: you told the fans that it was... I just, I just told you why I did it.
1: What? Can you clarify that, though? What, um, like
0: I, you, I, sp- I spoke English. I just told you. Anybody had- that knows anything about <laughs> sports knows you don't poke the bear. Oh, That's my answer. Good one. Uh, I spoke English. I mean, Tommy Beer, um, Nick's um, writer. Sure. On Twitter. With, like, the perfect tweet about this. Mm. Wonder how Pop would react if fans took to the mic and told him to stop treating sideline reporters like subhuman trash because that's not classy and that's, quote, not who we are. Again, Greg Popovich, all-time great. And sure, wouldn't you like to have Greg Popovich coaching your team, but holy cow, shut up. Like, have a modicum of understanding that, like, yeah, okay, you put a lot of work and time into coaching an NBA team and you won a bunch of championships. It's sports, you moron. Yeah,
1: I, ju- I the thing I would like if they're just going to hand the mic to the fans to criticize Pop, I would like why is this bad Dennis Rodman playing point instead of a real point guard with our like? There are just so many things about it. <sighs> I I'm not nearly, and it's weird because I love to be upset about things. I'm not nearly as irked by this as you. I just find it all very very funny. I don't disagree with it's anything funny, you're saying, but I it's just can't so... get there. It's weird because again, I get there I just, for everything.
0: No, I hate people that are. Uh, up their own posterior, like, mm. in general. This
1: is why you've been preying on Belichick's down. This is why the whole yeah. first eight weeks of the NFL
0: season, it's just like, I, is he going to quit? Listen, I know, like, I take my job very seriously. I, you, I, I, like, do a lot of research you and talk do. about sports, but I, up with never, I never stop understanding that it's sports and it's not real life and it's you it know has no import. Well, unless we're talking about the Leafs, obviously. But, yeah, yeah, but these people... That, yeah, again, like, you I people. guess you, you have, like, so much of your self worth is derived from being Greg Popovich, legendary head coach. You have to believe that your life is tied up in in this. And it is life and death taken to the. It, like, people just, you know what? People that showed up at that game are like, hey, you know what would be a fun night out? Go see a basketball game. Our team's probably going to lose, but Victor Wemanyama's tall. And hey, remember Kawhi Leonard? He's, he demanded to leave San Antonio. Let's boo him. And here comes this. Ninety year old man telling mm-hmm. you to shut up. Like, oh my God. No, you shut up, Craig. You shut up.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree. But now I'm gonna say you shut up because I want to talk about the lease with Bucala.
0: All right, we'll do that. <sighs> okay. You
1: talk more about this with Adnan.
0: All right. We'll bring do it. Yeah, we'll probably bring it back up. Jason Bukula next. The fan morning show continues. Ben Annis, Brent County, sports at five ninety, the fan.
1: Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Fan Morning Show Sportsnet 590. The Fan, Ben and Sprint Gunning. Here's the other potential. Scenario surrounding John Klingberg, his absence, hmm. is that he's on the verge of being traded. Oh, it's possible. I think it's v- unlikely.
1: Uh, yeah, I would agree. I would agree. <laughs> you know, other teams
0: watch the Leafs too. Yeah. Well, I. yeah. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you're an acquiring team of John Klingberg, you're probably understanding that he's not helping your hockey team and he's just... I mean, so I guess the, the, my theory dissolves there because who yeah. cares if you're the acquiring team? Yeah. Do you need a healthy? No, John Klingberg probably not.
1: No, you need a healthy third round pick or whatever you're getting going the other way.
0: Yeah, so that's we'll just- see. Like I said, there's in my in my world, there's no possible scenario in which John Klingberg spends the entire season on the Toronto Maple Leafs roster. But that's just me. Let's talk to uh, somebody who knows much more than me. It's Jason Buchla, sports and hockey analyst. How's it going, Jason? Good morning, fellas. I'm doing great. How about yourself? Doing very well. Um, so, yeah, it's not quite yet trade season. Obviously, you know, things have to shake up before we get to the the trade deadline. And even the Flames, like, they're not out of it. They're not Oilers. Uh, they're, they're hanging in there. They played a little bit better recently. But should the Maple Leafs be doing whatever they can to jump the market? Should they Should they be putting extra chips into the middle of the table to acquire a defenseman today as opposed to waiting until February?
2: Yeah, it's going to be difficult to do it, but uh, I would try and get ahead of it. No question. Um, You know, I think that the closer that or the longer it goes and the closer you get to definitely after Christmas. And, you know, as we start creeping into January, February and obviously March, um, it's the competition to acquire, um, you know, a defenseman who can play some substantial minutes uh, in key situations, it's, the price is just going to go up and up and up it's astronomically. And, um, you know, what you know today compared to what you know in, in January or February, i.e. injuries for other teams or, you know, different scenarios that creep up, <clears throat> excuse me, um, you got to go with what you know. And the fact of the matter is that uh, today the Leafs, uh, you know, Klingberg, I Mike, I don't know this for a fact, but it, it just feels like that's a long-term injury type of scenario that, that's on the horizon for him. I, I don't see a return to the lineup. Um, definitely, I don't, I don't see any value in shipping him out somewhere else. I don't know why somebody would take that on. Um, so I, I feel like it's leaning that way. I would try and jump the market. And the other thing is their guys, their draft capital and their asset management really is—they're pressed up against it because they, they have. They have substantially less capital than a lot of these other competing teams for the same type of player.
1: Yeah, it's certainly not a situation you want to find yourself in either for Klingberg or the team. And yeah, I, I kind of have the same read on it as you as well. I mean, Keefe was asked about him yesterday, and uh, it seems uh, he said safe to say he won't play this this weekend in the back-to-back that they have. After that, it's Tuesday. We'll see what happens there. But yeah, I have the uh, the kind of similar feeling that, that you do there. You know, in terms of a new GM and Brad Treliving, you know, it's not to say all his moves have, uh, haven't have hit. You know, Domi and Bertuzzi certainly finding their stride. And hey, you you tipped us to Bertuzzi kind of be being ready to break out before he kind of got started on this this little run he he's had here. But what do you think it does for for Brad Treliving? The fact that you know Klingberg is the first big move he's made as a as a Leaf GM. And look, he's done other ones. He signed Austin Matthews, the free agent signings I mentioned there. But you know that was one of his first big swings. What do you think it it, it does with the or, or it does to the decision making there? Because you know it takes two to tango regarding LTIR. And I guess that's the other thing I've wondered about in terms of Klingberg is you know. What does this do to his perception across the league? Like, do you think it actually be better for him to go on LTIR than trying to maybe kind of play through this at a at a lesser version of himself?
2: Yeah. So, like a professional athlete, they're like a business owner, right? They own their own business, and, and you know, it's it's them. I mean, they're sole, sole proprietor. And uh, with him not being able to play to the the maximum ability. Like, this goes back to last year, guys. I, I remember last year on the desk of the trade deadline, uh, Mike Funa and I were talking about Klingberg, and, you know, Anaheim was what they were last year. You know, they were they were basically a tire fire in their own zone, and, you know, they were obviously, you know, just uh, they're a rebuilding outfit, and a lot of their guys are exposed. And clearly, as you guys can see, we've all seen it. Our fans have seen this in Toronto. Klingberg's M.O., he's not defend-first type of a defenseman, right? Like, when he's not going offensively, Um, he's below average on the defensive side of the ledger. So there was a lot of red flags coming out of last year for me on this player. Um, I personally wouldn't have shopped in that market, but um, I see why they were trying to do it. I think that, I think that the Leafs really honestly did try in the off season, go after like the Gutises or you know maybe a Ryan Graves or you know I'm just I'm spitballing here I'm not saying that they were in negotiation talks with any of these players I'm saying that I believe they did try to target other people and it came down to Klingberg and when they came down to Klingberg they looked at their roster and said okay well can Riley defend uh, you know take on some other type of role uh, take on some more minutes uh, on the penalty killer even strength so I see how they they you know, where they were and how they tried to fit it in. I'm, I personally wouldn't be buying that. I don't, you know, I almost would have sat on it and waited to see what came through the PTO market at the training camp, uh, to see what was available or just bank the dollars. Cause you know, we had some other guys in the system that could potentially plug some holes in the short order. um, But getting back to Klingberg, like he's better on LT if he wants to salvage his career going forward. And that's trending down, isn't it? Like we're looking at a a $1 million player next year if he goes on LT for the remainder of this year and tries to come back.
1: Yeah, it is interesting the kind of sliding doors moments you have in that because it's been reported a little bit that the Leafs did have some interest in Dumba and maybe he was seeking money more in the fives. He ends up signing one year for three. And, you know, obviously the the Coyotes maybe have been a little better year than some people would have expected. But I do wonder if, you know, ever, uh, well, maybe not John Klingberg, but the other sides involved in that, if they could all have a do-over uh, that maybe Dumba and the Leafs would have been able to find it because, yeah, it's like you, you look at it and again, it's not that he's far from the perfect player, uh, but it, it's hard to think it going much worse than than Klingberg in terms of the internal options they they have. Connor Timmins skating on a regular pair seems like he's trending, if not Friday for for Saturday here. Uh, but Simone Benoit is actually giving them some some decent minutes. You know, as a as a front office, as a player personnel guy, when you're looking at somebody who is you know, and feel free to correct me if you feel differently, but somebody who is a fringy NHL type blue liner, do you look at it as? And I'm talking about Benoit there. Of okay, we've got something. Maybe we should try to give it a little run. Let's see what we have. Or do you think of okay? Maybe the wheels are going to fall off at some point in time here. Like when you have, because again, I think Benoit has come in and given him some solid minutes. But I also could see a front office looking at that and saying, "Yeah, we still got to get better there." I don't know that that's going to hold out over the next sixty games.
2: Yeah, I think it has. You know, specifically with Benoit, he doesn't really fit the um, the mo of the coach. And what I mean by that is that this is a team that really likes to transport the puck and go on offense as soon as they have it. You know what I mean? Like, they're not not—they're not like a slow-build type of a team. They're a quick-strike team. They like to go on offense. Benoit is the type of player that I think they, they need stylistically uh, come the hardest time of the year, obviously, playoffs. You know, you need guys that are simple. Just shut down guys, big bodies, get in the lane, block some shots. Um, the problem with Benoit is, and, and this is why he's not a six for me, not a regular six. He's like an in-and-out um, uh, seven, if you will. Uh, the problem with him is that his feet are below average guys. So under duress, uh, when games get really hard, especially on the road, um, watch him when he is playing his small area, quickness and escapes. He's, 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 um, deliberate at best. Like he struggles that way, but he's rangy. He can kill a play. He's got a long reach. He's a big body. He'll lean up against people. Uh, but he's he's the ultimate simpleton compared to the rest of these guys that the Leafs have. Um, and I'm not suggesting that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that he's very limited uh, with his agility. And as the games get, you know, really hard, those types of players tend to uh, struggle quite a bit, especially on the road if you get exposed with last change.
0: Yeah, it's it's quite a state of affairs. We're trying to sell ourselves on Simon Benoit, right? It's it's a reason why we're looking at Nikita Zadorov, the third pairing defenseman for a team currently on the outside of the playoff picture in the Western Conference, looking in and saying, "Boy, what a help he would be on this Leafs team." To that point, and and Jason, I know you mentioned it in passing that the Leafs uh, asset assets that they would have to to give up and trade aren't exactly superfluous. Like, do do they have enough to to make a deal for any of those three Flames defensemen in your mind?
2: Oh, it's going to be difficult. So there's going to be a lot of moving parts here. I would suggest to you guys that they have a better chance of acquiring Tanev than they do Zadorov. And the part of the reason now, on the surface, it looks like uh, Zadorov. You know, he's he's more affordable. Okay, and and he fits the bill um, kind of long term. If you're looking at a re-sign, like if you want to re-up him uh, in the summertime, it's a good fit. I think he's going to be more expensive to acquire than Tanya. And the thing with Zodorov is that he doesn't have trade protection, so he can go anywhere in the league, which gives the, the Calgary Flames, if they choose to do that, a lot of flexibility. Tanya has trade protection, um, and he's a Toronto, Toronto guy. And, and, you know, I just I feel like uh, he's a guy that can be in a little bit more control of where his next destination is. Um, but having said that, like asset management-wise, uh, here's here's the thing. Whatever they invest now, they're going to be looking at a significant reset in terms of managing assets in the offseason. What I mean by that is that you're probably going to be looking at a roster player or two, depending on how they manage their draft grid, uh, a roster player or two potentially having to be traded out before the draft to recoup some draft capital um obviously they've got guys who are pending ufas maybe you know they they don't reside some of those guys and they go shopping in the market that way too but i'm just trying to paint a picture here of how many moving parts so the only thing you can deal with is what you know i know my grade is is lean Mm -hmm. i know my prospect pool is lean um am i just going to do what i got to do now and adjust again later it kind of feels that way to me a little bit if i'm sitting in the gm chair in toronto
0: and, and you mentioned there's a bunch of UFAs coming off the books, a, a guy that they hope is not coming off the books because you've re-signed him, William Nylander. Um, how does that impact the, the the future of the Toronto Maple Leafs beyond this season if William Nylander, like it feels like 11 per is now like the baseline. Like it's hard to imagine him making less than Mitch Marner, especially if things continue this way. Like how does that, how does that impact a, a, a Leafs team to have even more tied up into the top four forwards if, if William Nylander is making at least 11 million per on the cap?
2: Well, I mean, it's it's obviously not ideal. Even with the cap going up marginally next year, I think it's really going to be the decision is going to be made uh depending on the depth of the run come playoff time. I really believe that. I think that the the entire reset of the organization if you will, they're going to be good still. They're going to be good for, you know, the next couple of years, but guys, it'll play out, right? We all know that. Like when you start not being able to draft and develop assets internally that, you know, arrive on your doorstep on entry-level deals. They're cheap. You got control of them over a period of time until you can wait until, you know, you reset the entire roster. If you're going to be that top-heavy going into next season, um, I think a lot of it's going to be predicated on, on playoff success if they decide to keep that core completely together because ultimately, you know, you're going to have to address Like, who's the stud on the back end? I guess that's where I'm at, right? Like, you got two goaltenders who, let's see how it goes. You know, Wall's on the come seat. uh, Samsonov, I don't 100% trust. Um, We'll see how that goes. Hopefully, he continues to play better. But eventually, we're going to need a couple of studs on the back end, similar to what we have up front, don't we? Aren't we, in terms of being able to sustain momentum as an entirety, like entire group? So... I don't know. You got to live in the now. So let's go with what we know now, and that is, uh, <laughs> you know, he's affordable at six He fits. Yeah. But I, I'm with you. It feels like he's going to eleven. Some yes. team out there with a lot of room, they're gonna. They might pay more than that.
0: Who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could sell yourself on him being worth a lot more than that. I mean, he's out producing. Uh, just about everybody on this uh, Maple Leafs team. And, yeah, not not far off the uh, the NHL lead in points as well. Jason, uh, really appreci- uh, appreciate doing this uh, this morning. Thanks for this.
2: Hey, no problem, guys. Happy Turkey Day. I hope you guys get home to watch some football there. I will.
0: abso freaking See you, Jason. <coughs> okay, boys, see ya. Jason Bugala, Sportsnet hockey analyst. Speaking of which, there are three football games today. Yeah,
1: no hockey games, but.
0: Yeah, and today makes a lot more sense than Tuesday. Yeah, maybe. Because you do defer to the NFL at all times, but especially on Thanksgiving. Time now for The Wake and Rake, presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, Bet Local. Thanksgiving starts as it always does.
1: Down the street, in Detroit. And, and NHL that, can't kowtow to the Leafs, but the NFL kowtow to the Lions all the time.
0: Yeah, it's not so bad, though, this year. Like, yeah. the, the Lions cromulent. are very... Pff, crom- what an insult to the Lions. Yeah, They're fine. way better than cromulent. They are their best regular 8-2 and two for the first time since, like, 1960. Anyways, They got a, a divisional opponent today. The Packers mm-hmm. in Detroit to play the Lions. The spread is Lions minus 8 at home. This is, I know it's Thanksgiving, and we don't view this as like a Thursday Mm. affair, but it is. Like, it is short week, and I always defer to taking the points on these short weeks. And I know the Packers have underwhelmed, and nobody's talking about Jordan Love in the MVP conversation. Uh But he's actually playing a lot better recently. Last game might have been his best of, of the season. I still like the Lions to win, but eight is a little too much for me.
1: Yeah, it's too much for me. I actually did want to take the Lions in that game. Uh, uh whether points are straight up, but yeah, you uh you it's it's too much. If it was seven, I'd feel better about it. The eight tips at two the Packers, though. I'll go with you.
0: Uh the Cowboys, mm-hmm. as always is their want with no Scott Stapp today. We and, don't think. I, don't know what I was gonna say. <laughs> I guess, yeah, maybe he does appear in in Big D today. Uh Cowboys hosting the commanders who feel like cannon fodder. Uh Vegas agrees. Minus 13 and a half for the Cowboys against their division foes as what used to be Riverboat Ron Rivera seemingly playing out the string here. Mm-hmm. Uh the Commanders though 6 and 1 against the spread as underdogs including 5 and 0 as road underdogs. I don't care. Like I I really mm-hmm. don't. Okay, they're so bad. Mm. I yeah, they are. I give me the Cowboys Yeah, Yeah, two touchdowns. I know it's so many points. Cowboys too. I understand, but the Commanders are so bad.
1: They are. They're They're not a, a good football team. They're not even a Cromwell football team. They are going to cover the 13 and a half, though. It's the Cowboys. They're not just going to go take care of business on Thanksgiving and put up with some dominant. No, nah, it's going to be a little bit of panic time because they don't beat this Commanders team the way they're supposed to. Give me Commanders to cover. Plus 13 and a half, minus 110.
0: Nothing but divisional affairs on Thanksgiving because in Seattle, to wrap up the day, you got the Seahawks, Against the 49ers, and Brock Purdy is looking like an MVP candidate the last couple of weeks, mm-hmm. and the Niners are right back in there in the conversation amongst the best teams in the NFL, and on the road, they are seven-point favorites. Um, I know no Kenneth Walker for the Seahawks in this game as well. Like, I think that the Seahawks had like that surprising season a year ago, and, and at times have looked okay. That like You want to talk about cromulants, that mm-hmm. they're, they're cromulent at oh, time. Yeah. The Niners are legit. I, I am, I'm I'm going to lay the points with the Niners mm-hmm. on the road.
1: I'm just going to take the under. 44 there. Uh, the under has hit an overwhelming uh, amount of times in primetime games this season. Thursdays are a little weird. Seattle has trouble scoring. San Fran can shut you down. Under 44. You get that at minus 110. I like that there.
0: All right. That was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sports book, bet Local. When we come back, we'll talk to our pal Adnan Verk as the Fan Morning Show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.